4: And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 31 years. What a big day in surgery yesterday. God, my first hip basketball player, six foot four, only 45 years old. Why do young people need me? to put new cartilage in their hip at such a young age. It comes from the fact that yes, you're active, but not everybody active needs a hip replacement. What causes the problem is the mismatch of the ball and the socket. When you're born and there's not a perfect match of the ball to fit in the socket, we call it dysplasia. If there's a slight mismatch, just like the alignment on your car is off, You're gonna wear out your tires prematurely. You're gonna wear out your cartilage and it will be bone on bone prematurely. Rolling over in bed is gonna wake you up from a deep sleep, limping, looking at a staircase with dread. What a joy it is to be able to return a normal life to someone with surgery. Go do six of them in a single day though. I'm tired, but never too tired. To get up to be with you guys each and every Saturday morning. And I really can't thank you enough for doing it and telling all your friends. I am so excited for today's guests. You know how excited I was when I had the Michelangelo expert. You know how much the sculptor Michelangelo meant to me having William E. Wallace, the professor and chairman of the Department of Art History at the University of Washington in St. Louis. That was just a legendary moment for the weekend warrior show to have him on well this morning it's another legendary guest for me someone i've wanted to talk to for my whole life because of how much his company meant to my father and meant to me my guest is steve richmond he's the boss of the milwaukee tool company and they make my favorite tool for carpenters called the milwaukee sawzall this saw changed my father's life in an instant. I remember as an eight-year-old seeing the joy on my dad's face when he brought home from the lumber yard his first used, he couldn't afford to buy a new one, used sawzall, which by the way, I still have in the red box it came in, rusty as hell. How long is this? The 60s till 2020? You can only imagine, and he bought it used. He was so elated, my dad, and could not wait to tell me how this device, this new saw, would change his life. It was what they call a game changer for him. Instead of 15 minutes it took to cut the wooden 2x4 stud to make room for the electric outlet box, they call that framing a house, for example, or when you remodel a house, you rip down a wall. Well, the bones behind the wall are the 2x4s which when I grew up were two inches by four inches wood. Now you're never going to see a wooden two-by-four. They're all made of aluminum, but the world has changed in that regard. But my dad had to deal with wooden two-by-fours, and he used a hammer and a chisel, taking that pencil from behind his ear, and he showed me, he said, Robbie, now I can zip-zip with this power tool in tight spots and in seconds do the same job. This moment in my life made such an impression on me that I remember saying to myself, when I grow up, I'm going to make something that will change the life of people like this tool, changed the life of my dad and made him so happy. And that's why I have so many tools designed for the operating room. Those tools I've designed are used all over the world, six patents I hold, but it made me think all week. Where are the game-changing tools in the world of art, in the world of sports, and certainly in the world of surgery? Well, in sports in 1967, the world of surfing, you know how much I love surfing, changed in an instant. It was the creation of a shorter surfboard. It was the Duke Hanamoku contest in Hawaii. Up until that point, very long surfboards were used by the hawaiians to ride waves the idea was by the hawaiians to slide down the face of the wave and use the energy that was going through the wave all they wanted to do was catch the wave and go down the face and feel the power in the ocean well in 1967 an australian surfer who had visited the islands in 1963 named bob mctavish He came to Hawaii this visit to Sunset Beach for this contest. And he rode a short board, a much shorter surfboard, half the size of the boards the Hawaiians were using. And guess what he did? For the very first time, he didn't just come down the face of the wave. He turned at the bottom and rode up the face of the wave. No one had ever done such a thing before. And it was because of the new tool he invented, this new shorter surfboard. Wait till you hear the reaction and how this all started, the game changer in sports that I love the most. Coming up in a minute, you're going to hear that. Well, what about in art? Uh, The revolution in art happened in 1841 when an American painter born in New Hampshire, grew up in Boston and New York, named John Rand he was a nobody painter portrait painter but you know what he did in 1841 he changed the world of art forever because he got a patent on putting oil paint into a zinc tube now you might say to yourself big deal he put the oil paint in a tube what is that why is that a game changer Aha! the reason it was a game changer was because painters no longer had to stay indoors mixing their paint powders and oils they could go outside where there's wind and there's rain they couldn't do that before they started to try to capture the light different times of day different seasons it's called plain air painting and who did it better than anyone else the french painters called the impressionists headed by claude monet these guys could go outside and work on capturing what the sunlight looked like during the different times of day and different seasons. It was a revolution in art. Renoir, one of the leaders of Impressionistic painting, he said, without John Rand, there would be no Impressionism. In a minute, you're going to hear from one of the greatest art historians. She's since passed away. She's a nun, Sister Wendy Beckett treat yourself one day, go on YouTube and listen to some of her lectures, but you're going to hear her talk about the revolution in art, impressionism, because of the game changer of tube paint, the, the fact that the oil paint was in a tube. What about clap revision? You need to call in a little bit later in the show. The number is 877-710-ESPN, but clap revision, we have to talk about The passing at age 77 of Gail Sayers, the Hall of Fame running back for the Chicago Bears, the movie Brian's song. I had the pleasure. In fact, we had him on the show. uh, Bernie Casey did hip surgery on him, and he called in to talk about it. But he was one of the athletes, the actors portrayed in the the show, uh, made for TV movie Brian's song. But Gail Sayers ended his career. He only played seven seasons in the NFL. And with injuries and whatnot, it's really only like five seasons. But what he did in those five seasons blew everyone's mind. One of the greatest running backs to ever hold a football. But his career ended because of a torn ACL in his knee. Adrian Peterson had the same injury. But because of the new technology, the game-changing technology of the arthroscope, He came back the next year, almost broke the rushing record of Eric Dickerson. Well, Saquon Barkley for the Giants just tore his ACL. He's not going to have an ending to his career like Gail Sayers did because of the game changing tools and technology of the arthroscope. It's the, the game changing. It's the equivalent of with your naked eye looking at the moon and someone coming onto your street and saying, hey, I brought a telescope. Now you can look at the moon and see the surface. That's what arthroscopy has brought to my world of orthopedic surgery. I don't just open up the whole knee and look inside. I can look through a puncture wound in your knee, the size of a small pen, that telescope and see parts of the ligament we never saw before. That allows us to fix your knee now. So you can be like Adrian Peterson and not Gail Sayers. We'll talk more about Clappervision coming up when the clinic's open. But let's get right into today's topic. I'm so excited. Steve Paulette, let's listen. Let's listen to Greg Knoll talk about how the world changed, the mindset changed, when everyone saw Bob McTavish from Australia go up the face of a wave. Let's go to number
1: 10. It was not only a change in the way people serve, but in the mindset and... I don't know. I can't it was just it was just a huge goddamn change. To me, McTavish was definitely the guy that, that broke the spell or started the ball, kicked the ball in the ass and got it rolling down the hill, and then all hell broke loose.
4: All hell broke loose. I want you to hear Bob McTavish talk about how he came to Hawaii, the Mecca for surfing, for the first time in the early sixties. And as he says it, he was actually disappointed in watching these beautiful waves only be ridden to go down the face of the wave. He was disappointed. The nerve of him to say that. As we say it, Cedars the Chutzpah, for him to say that about the Hawaiian surfer. Let's go to number one.
3: Well, being in Hawaii and being so disappointed with the Hawaiian heroes, of how straight and stiff their surfing was, was so disenchanted by the Hawaiian surfers and shapers. Their boards were so big. The you know, 10-6 was a baby, you know, and 11-footers and 11-6s were pretty standard. These guys were taking off, doing one turn, one big slow turn, and going straight. You know, how disappointing, you know, like, I'd th- to see more than that, you know?
4: And you may ask yourself, how does a game-changing idea come about? Well, for many people, it's in a dream. My very first patent for using ultrasonic tools to break up cement prostheses that were in bone with cement was because my wife made me go to the dentist. But it was that night, two in the morning, I woke up and said, I'm in a dream. And I saw to use dental tools in my world of orthopedic surgery. Listen to McTavish tell you how he came up with the whole idea of going up the face of the wave on a shorter board. It was a dream. Number two.
3: When I saw those waves in Hawaii, what we were riding, I wanted to surf Sunset Beach. I wanted to be able to go and crank and use the vertical face instead of just taking off and going in a straight line, running across the wave. I really wanted to work the face. So I had this dream one night as I was riding this board. It was about eight feet long and it was stubby. And I can see, I woke up and after the dream, with it clear in my mind, I can still see it now, of this climbing and dropping on a big eight to 10 foot wave and climbing on the face like this. And I woke up and went, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make a surfboard that can do that.
4: It sounds like Ed Bradley interviewing Bob Dylan. How did you come up with the song, blowing in the wind, he asks him. And Bob Dylan says, it just came through me in an instant. I was just the vehicle. For the song are you kidding me but yeah that's how it happens it's already packaged you see the idea i can't wait to ask steve richmond how did the milwaukee all come about who was the engineer who went to sleep one night and dreamed it up let's go to number three
0: the murmur on the beach was mctavish and nat are here with those strange boards i wonder how they will go you know there was light chatter amongst the, the crew so so he was under pressure when he showed up at sunset for his heat and everybody took a look at the boards and, and went I don't think so
4: that's Bob Cooper a legendary surfboard shaper let's go to number four
5: he took off on a wave big you know took off behind the peak big ten-foot West Bowl sunset dropped down laid that thing over on a rail it was a turn heard around the world bob mctavish had carved a vertical
1: track at sunset
0: beach well, what happened is the board skidded almost three feet
1: and luckily for him he had this big giant fin on a thing it was like a Greeno style fin that caught it at the bottom of the thing and then the board went vertically right back up the face mm.
4: here's more from jerry lopez number five
1: everybody held their breath at that moment
5: because he went drew a line on that board that no one still standing on a surfboard had ever drawn before. Mm,
4: Number
0: six. It wasn't so much about of the board. It was the idea that you could ride a shorter board. They'd never considered that. Uh, Because technically you can't hang ten on a short board. You can't do the beautiful poses, the, the stable walks, the drop any turns. So this is a whole style concept that you had to toss out and go, okay, what can we do on these little things?
4: Mm. Number eight.
0: After that, everything changed and,
5: you know, people wanted to start drawing those kinds of lines. Instead of going straight across the way, they wanted to go up to the top and come back down and go back up again.
4: And here comes the best soundbite of all. Because when they describe the game changer, this surface says, it looked like the clappers. <laughs> Listen to this one. And by the way, this is Mike Perry, a local shaper. When when Bob McTavish came to California with that shortboard to Rincon, one of the greatest waves in the world here near Santa Barbara, near Ventura. Number nine.
0: The word that week, just that week alone, had come down that McTavish was up there and he was surfing and he was surfing unbelievably well. We're parked on the highway It's foggy, it's kind of a funky day, but the size is there, it's glassy. And this guy came weaving in from outside around the corner of the point, right into the first part of the point, just against the grain, against the grain. Whack, whack, whack. Never seen surfing like that, ever. Completely not what we'd been trained up to do. Wasn't riding the nose, he was just shredding the hell out of it. Cut everything down, modified the whole deal, took away the radical V bottom, pulled the tail in, Kept it flat, just had a very slight soft V in the tail, uh, and that board went like the clappers.
4: (laughs) It went like the clappers. (laughs) Love it. All right, coming up next, I want to share with you the revolution, the game changer in art, what Claude Monet did. But you'll hear it from Sister Wendy Beckett. She has a lisp. she doesn't have a perfect voice, but listen carefully to how she, he de- she describes the art world, the game changer. Coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN.
1: You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Show presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Hey, Robbie. Do you like donuts? Start your weekend off right listening to the Weekend Warrior show with Dr. Clapper.
4: I love donuts.
1: Every Saturday morning <laughs> from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710 Home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
4: That's what we're talking about today. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. The revolution that's in the air. You'll never guess the name of the group from the 60s that sang that song. Thunderclap Newman. That's like a Jewish rainstorm. Thunderclap Newman. Remember Seinfeld? Newman. Well, he's in that song. Thunderclap Newman's the name of the group. Talk about one hit wonders. Amazing. But the revolution is what we're talking about, the game changer. My guest at 815, I cannot wait to talk to him, is Steve Richmond. He's the boss at the Milwaukee Tool Company. And I'm gonna give a shout out to a plumber in Ventura, Gold Coast Plumbing, Logan Smith. I had to have new faucet put in my shower in Ventura. It was so corroded from being near the water for so many years, the whole thing needed to be redone. And Logan Smith showed up in his plumbing truck. Love him. And you know me. I'm not going to disappear because I can't wait to watch to see how the hell do you do this. Maybe I'll learn something from the tools and the technique of a plumber. You can always learn from somebody. I must be such a pest as a customer for a plumber or a carpenter or an electrician. But I can't help it because I'm going to take that stuff to the operating room someday. Logan Smith opens up the back of his plumbing truck. He must have had 20 Milwaukee tools, pipe cutters, saws, all kinds of stuff. I said to him, you got you to gotta be kidding me. You have all these Milwaukee tools. And he said, Dr. Clapper, because they're the best. And they are. And when I have Steve Richmond come on at 815, I'm going to ask him. We need Milwaukee tools in the operating room. We got a lot of good companies, but if you came into the operating room with a Milwaukee tool, you would take over the world that I live in. Speaking of ACLs, by the way, another young man that I did yesterday, also in his mid-40s, but when he was a teenager, he had his ACL done. And in those days with that technology, it was like Gale Sayers days. So this young man in his mid-40s I had to take all those old carpentry screws out of his knee because he wore out the cartilage. And even though he's only in his mid 40s, he needed an implant. And I think my dad would be very proud of the mitered cuts I'd made to take that crooked pretzel-looking knee and make it into a beautiful straight straight structure that he can put weight on and walk around without any pain. I mean the whole idea of having a metal screw in your body sticking out underneath your skin trust me that ain't pleasant, but when you're bone on bone because of it, it really makes life difficult what a joy, it is for me to be able to use power tools. and respect the power tools and how they change my life game changers that's what I want to talk about today in art in sports and in surgery in the art world. In 1841, John Rand, not a well-known painter by any means, but he came up with the idea of putting the oil paint in a zinc tube with a cap on it so you could squirt out the amount of paint that you wanted. It seems like such a simple idea. And in 1841, it was. But nobody had ever come up with that before. And the French painters. Who are about to revolutionize the world of art by painting outdoors because they had one objective in mind we want to paint the natural sunlight not in the studio but outdoors to paint landscapes to paint to paint flowers something as simple as that claude monet was the king of it all let's listen to sister wendy beckett talk about the revolution And particularly, I'm gonna want you to pay attention when she says it was because of this way of putting paint in a tube. Let's go to number
6: one. Everyone loves the Impressionists. We're familiar with them. We understand them. What we forget is that they're a watershed and forever after the story of painting is different.
4: This woman has a lisp as you can hear. She's not a perfect speaker. She's wearing her nun outfit as well. You say to yourself, who is this? But no one puts into words better the analysis of art than Sister Wendy Beckett from the BBC. I just love this woman. Let's go to number two.
6: When Impressionism began, it caused something of an art revolution in Paris. But unlike political uprisings this revolution was started accidentally by a man who simply wanted to paint the world around him as he saw it
4: and now listen carefully when she says because of the new technology a portable easel okay that was great but also the paint in tubes number three
6: they started to paint outside new inventions like portable easels and ready mixed tubes of paint meant they could abandon their studios for the open air. They wanted to catch the single moment, a snapshot approach. Impressionist paintings are all dashes and inspiration, spontaneous, but unpolished.
4: Steve Paulette's going to put on a Facebook page, so we'll make this a visual radio show. The Painting Impressionism by Claude Monet and the paintings of the water lilies around his house, where he could go outside and paint the shimmering light, painting water, painting haystacks in a field across the road, but painting these haystacks in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the early evening. It's awesome to see the paying attention to the light. Claude Monet had a house just outside of Paris called Giverny, and that's where these lily ponds were. Number four.
6: Claude Monet, the young revolutionary, became rich, famous, and respectable. He bought a house at Giverny, near Paris, but in the country. Planning his garden became a passion almost equal to painting.
4: And now you'll listen to her describe he saw things differently and could put them on the canvas particularly because of these paints in the tube number five
6: monet really saw he saw things that people had never seen before the color of snow the color of shadows the color of water he was intent on capturing every flickering change of light every fleeting moment and this is never more exhilaratingly shown And in his last great series, The Water Lilies,
4: the last 20 years of his life, he spent painting one giant mural of paintings. And they're housed in a single building in Paris, if you ever get to go. But you can look this up on YouTube. You walk into this room and you're completely surrounded 360 degrees and you stand in the center. It's like going to mid court at the Staples Center and looking 360 degrees around you, instead of seeing fans in the stands, you're going to be seeing paintings of the shimmering water lilies. So now, Sister Wendy walks into La Rangerie, that's the name of the building. And she describes for you what those tubes of paint what that game changing idea allowed Claude Monet to do to you, me and to Sister Wendy listen to her walking into this room and what it makes her feel like. It's awesome. Number six.
6: When I come in here, I feel disorientated. It's too big, I can't take it in, which means, of course, I can't control it. And I feel not so much I'm looking at it, is that I'm looking in it. And what are we actually looking at? Well, we know that this is Monet's beloved pond at Giovanni, or rather, the surface of the pond.
4: Mm. and she's wearing her nun outfit. She'll tell you, I've never been swimming in water in a long time. But It makes me feel like I'm in the water because of what he's done in this revolution. Number seven.
6: Because year after year, he'd looked at this, the surface reflecting the clouds, the sky, the trees, the foliage, the water lilies. It's intensely exhilarating to see it. It's a long, long time since I went swimming. But when I'm here, I feel I'm swimming through the blue brightness, looking up, or floating over the blue beauty, looking down, set free. Oh, and I can understand why people come here just to stand, silent, being liberated, being set at peace.
4: Mm, can you imagine? And I've been in that building. She's exactly right. And finally, number eight.
6: The Impressionists created a dreamy world of sunlight and pleasure. Here was real life, but only at its most beautiful and charming. Why shouldn't art be light-hearted? I can imagine Renoir asking that question. He paints a world without sadness, where there's nothing dark or sinister.
5: Hmm.
4: There is nothing dark or sinister when you're trying to capture the light on a canvas with a paintbrush and paints. But to be able to paint outdoors in plain air was a revolution. It was a game changer because of the new tool. Bob McTavish could go up the wave. Hawaiians never did that beforehand. And Jerry Lopez is pointing out the future. That Milwaukee Sawzall that my dad met. when I was eight years old, so this is in the mid 60s, changed his life. The enthusiasm you hear in Sister Wendy's voice is what I heard from my father holding that new power tool in his hands when the surgeons were able to put back together adrian peterson's knee knowing that gail sayers had a career ending injury same thing for joe namath look at tom brady all these he's still playing at 43 with the same injury joe namath had to end his career because of game-changing ideas I just love being around inventors, people who see the world differently. Coming up next, I'm gonna explain what the world of surgery is like with game-changing ideas as well. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Shoulders, knees, hips. I don't even know where to begin to talk to you. Until then, you're gonna hear thunderclap clap, Newman. There's something in the air. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN.
1: You're listening to The Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. I love this guy. Start your weekend off right, listening to The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Robbie, come with me. We're going to fix the toilet. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
5: Don't you know we're talking about a revolution? Sounds... Don't you know how talking about a revolution it sounds like a whisper? While
4: they're standing in the world line. Welcome back, weekend warriors. Crying at the doorsteps of the I don't want to interrupt her begun. majestic voice. Time, the great the Tracy Chapman. A revolution. A That's what we're talking about today. Don't you know, in art, in sports, and in surgery the game changer. And at 815, the boss of the Milwaukee tool company, Steve Richmond's calling in. It's going to be a special moment for me to publicly thank him and his company for making my father so happy growing up, seeing him get his very first beat up used Milwaukee saws And all those years later, Still with the joy I have in creating new tools for the operating room. Game changers. Let's take some calls. The clinic's open. The number's 877-710-ESPN. Reggie, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help?
5: Doctor, this is Reggie from L.A. My second time ever calling you. I used to work as an aerospace employee, computer sitting down, and I had (laughs) knee issues. And okay. I was not letting this guy stick needles in my knee the second <laughs> time. Because I didn't know I let him do it the first time. Mm-hmm. Man, I found this guy on Chuck Henry's Eye on L.A. show. And I went there, and he has a cabbage st- statue of himself, cabbage patch. Oh, God. arm around a knee. So I knew I was in the right place. That guy... And you are something else, man. And I'm a product. So I just had to call, tell your listeners, you're giving them the right stuff. Only pain mm. I have is seeing my family have <laughs> pain. I'm the first grandkid. So I'm <laughs> 66 last month. And the only wow. thing that stopped me was COVID because they locked up the basketball court. Me yep. and my boys, we've been killing it ever since. We met at 10th grade when I moved here from Memphis. And I'm just a... A run, jump, and play kind of guy.
4: Are uh, the Lakers <laughs> going to win tonight, Reggie?
5: bad man, huh? Are uh, the Lakers going to win tonight? Maybe not tonight because AD's a little beat down. Mm. But I love that LeBron mentality. We had Mamba, now we got LeBron, Mamba 2. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to do this because he needs that number 5th championship so he can get in the room with Kobe and And Michael and all of them and smoke cigars when they get old.
4: You know what I love the most, Reggie? (laughs) I love the most when you watch Frank Vogel giving a talk in the locker room and then everybody sticks their hand in and they all chant the same word all as a team together. And the word that they chant to get them up for the game, to go back on the court, they together say Mamba. And it's just, it just rips your heart out except to know that this season is dedicated to the great Kobe Bryant. No, doubt. thanks so much I, for checking in, Reggie. I really appreciate it. Man. All right. Steve Who do we got next? Larry, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help?
7: Yes. Good morning, Dr. Clapper. Um, good, back good in morning. College, I good morning. Um, in March, so how I old are you? My, what do you do
4: for a living? Larry.
7: Uh, I'm 76. I just turned 76 and, um, Ooh. I used to teach uh, here in LA, I taught for 35 years.
4: Wow, what subject?
7: Well, I taught everything. I taught high school math, I taught uh, fifth and sixth grade, I taught ESL, but um, sixth grade was probably the most enjoyable experience.
4: So you teaching math, you know the law of the nines? Yes. So I just think it's the coolest thing in the world that nine times two is 18, well, one plus eight is nine. Nine times three is 27. Two plus seven equals nine. And on and on. Every time you have a multiple, it becomes a nine. Is there anything else that cool in math that you can teach me?
7: No, but I used to teach that to my students. I remember that was the easiest one to... Uh, <laughs> you know.
4: Now, where did you grow up and what did your father do for a living?
7: Well, uh, I grew up here in Los Angeles. I went to school here at Dorsey High School where uh, Keyshawn Johnson went to school, and then I went to UCLA.
4: You went to UCLA. Wow, and you're 76. So tell me about going to the basketball games as a college student.
7: Well, I was fortunate enough to uh, see when uh, Kareem was there, Lou Alcindor, so that was quite an experience. Uh, And then I was there with uh, Walt Hazard, Gail Goodrich, and, um, well, that's when UCLA was really, really good. So uh, that was quite an experience.
4: What was it like to watch John Wooden with that role program patrolling the sideline. What was that Uh, like as a student in college at UCLA back in the day seeing that?
7: Well, that was quite an experience. I had um, a friend of mine who was a trainer at um, UCLA basketball and he was able to sneak us in a couple of times to watch him uh, watch UCLA practice. And uh, that was quite an experience to watch him because everything was very detailed. The way he would go with his little uh, five by seven cards and uh, how he would um, go through his whole program—that was quite an experience to watch. I did that twice, fortunately, and
4: it was uh, quite an experience. I still think it's the greatest thing in sports when you hear players like Lou Sindor, who Kareem or Bill Walton, the greatest basketball players probably ever of their time in college, talk about. John Wooden saying, all right, I'm going to teach you all how to put your shoes and socks on. And they looking at each other like, are you kidding me? I know how to put my shoes and socks on. And John <laughs> Wooden basically saying to them, actually, no, you don't. And if you think about it psychologically, here you are a McDonald's All-American or whatever the equivalent was in those days, being told how great you are. And now your first day with Coach Wooden, he says, you're not only not that great to me, But you don't even know how to put your shoes and socks on is an amazing way to clean the slate to let the player know you're starting from zero i just think psychologically that man was brilliant about how to get his players to play at a level they didn't even dream of before wow were you lucky to be able to see that firsthand good for you all right how can i help you what you do to yourself
7: Well in March I tore my quadricep tendon and because of COVID they weren't able to operate until April the 1st. So I've had the surgery and I've gone through all of the um, rehab and I've got your book um, Heal Your Knees with uh, Linda Huey and I've been doing all the exercises that you recommend but I'm still experiencing a lot of stiffness in my knee and I just don't know how much longer will I have to will I have that and number two um, can I over exercise? I mean, I, I have a pool here at my house and I have a recumbent bike and because there's not much else. Uh, I've been exercising pretty much daily. So I'm, my question is, can I over exercise?
4: Um... You know, it's a great question, Larry, because the fact that Adrian Peterson, by the way, my wife always says I never answer the question. So here we go again. But the fact that Adrian Peterson was able to return, not only almost breaking Eric Dickerson's record the year after he has his ACL fixed, but the fact that he came back within eight months of the surgery is remarkable. Now, I take care of many, many stunt men and stunt women in this town who make, who are really behind the scenes making the greatest movies we see. I've had Terry Leonard on as a guest, uh, one of the greatest of all time. And I get to go to the Taurus Awards where all the stunt men and women are. And I just, you know, as soon as I park the car, I get hellos from just about everybody at the, at the meeting, uh, at the awards ceremony, because I've operated on so many of them. What I learned from taking care of stunt men and women, what I learned from taking care of professional athletes, What we all learned from Dr. Andrews fixing Adrian Peterson's knee and why he was able to come back so quickly was because of his over-exercising. To some extent, it's the non-compliant patients that I learned the most from, that we learned the most from, of what the limits are. Now, you have to be careful, Larry, because your body is talking to you. It's whispering to you. When you're having stiffness and pain and swelling, you really have to listen to that feedback and temper your recovery. The biggest mistake people make after knee surgery is they'll go to therapy for an hour, three days a week, as if that's going to cure them. Are you kidding me? An hour, three days a week is bupkis. It's a Yiddish word for nothing because you actually may be traumatizing the knee more than helping it with an aggressive therapy program, and you could be doing that as well by getting even more stiffness and more pain. So here's a Mm -hmm. clap revision for you. When you make pizza, you start with a ball of dough. If you look at the guys in the pizzeria who are doing it well, they push the ball of dough down. They stretch it. They throw it in the air. They work it piano, piano, slowly, slowly, they work to expand the gluten in the dough. Scar tissue in your knee is like that ball of dough. If you attack it and make it a pizza immediately, you're gonna tear the dough. You need to work it, you need to work it. Therapy, in my opinion, which is why I wrote the book with Linda Yui, is better served by you, Larry, by riding your bike for 10 minutes. But do it every couple of hours work it like a pizza this is better than an hour three days a week intensively where is the value of physical therapy in coaching you just like john wooden coached those players where he can keep he or she can keep a clipboard and give you tips and advice but it's more of guiding you in therapy than actually doing the physical therapy you need to be doing the physical therapy yourself listen It's only September. You had your surgery in April. Forget about it. You're nowhere near. It takes nine months to have a baby. Why does it take nine months? Isn't that too long? You know what? God did not ask me how many months it should be to have a baby. This is how long it takes. Your recovery is going to take a year, 12 months. The day after it's a year, then we can have a conversation. Until then, keep talking to your knee slowly every hour every two hours go hit it again go a little bit further with the range of motion and here's the other mistake most people make don't start working on strengthening yet get your range of motion first then you work on strengthening because if you traumatize the recovery that goes for your shoulder your hip your knee your ankle right away they want to work you with therabands right away they want to work you with weights to work on strengthening, to, to prove themselves to you. I'm not interested in that. The range of motion is the greatest value of a physical therapist to help you get there. The strength will come with time. Don't let anybody inject any cortisone, stem cells, any cockamamie needles into your knee. This is a, a process, it's a bad injury a quadriceps tear, really bad, because it involves four separate muscles attaching to the patella attaching to the kneecap. Sounds like you're making progress. Be nice to yourself, don't torture yourself. Does that help?
7: Yes, it did, and I appreciate your information. We'll take it to heart.
4: Okay, Larry, I appreciate that. Well, listen, you're a total stranger, I never met you. I want you to find a total stranger today yourself. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me.
7: Okay, thank you, Dr. Claver.
4: All right, God bless you, Larry. All right, warriors, we'll take a break, pay some bills, The number is 877-710-ESPN. I got to tell you, the chocolate babka that I had this week came from a very special place in L.A. One of the best chocolate babkas I've ever had. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you where you can get it. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show on 710
1: ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Carly's got a gift card for you. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. K
4: L A P P A H. Clapper.
1: Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
4: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors cash mode where's the revolution it's in game-changing ideas in art in sports and in surgery before i get to the babka let's take a call let's go to william you're on with dr clapper how can i help
2: dr clapper i'm definitely interested in that chocolate babka i'm in the la area so i don't want to forget right off the bat (laughs) Uh, how you doing today boss
4: i'm doing good so what do you do for a living william
2: right now i do road restoration for tesla out here in Los Angeles, I own a radio station called Hayes Radio Network. Here in Los really? Angeles, yes sir, yes sir. How am I doing on the radio?
4: Cause I got no training.
2: <laughs> what was that?
4: How am I doing on the radio? Since you're a radio expert and nobody trained me to do this,
2: you spread the you spread the, a a good vibe, man. I, just what you said. How how can uh, you thank me by spreading? Just sharing something and giving something to somebody, I love that, man. I I do that. I try to push that every day, man. I try to help people. I, like I love William.
4: What did your father do for a living? Where did you grow up?
2: My, my father was a mason and a truck driver. So yeah. in New York City, we used, to, we used to do bricks and foundations, and we used to yeah lay mortar together. Did you ever
4: see your father get in a fist fight with somebody?
2: Oh yeah, man. I've uh, I played hockey for uh, growing up, and uh, I played on his team at the age of thirteen. I was playing adult league and. They wanted to take me out. It was really good. And someone uh, threw an elbow at me right in the crease. And my dad seen it. We had a huge bench, bro. I seen him break hands. And yeah, he was banned from the rink for about three weeks. (laughs) Three years. I'm sorry. Three years he was banned from the rink. I played travel hockey my whole life. What was his first name? His name was Bill. Bill Petticalis. Rest in peace. So you, you're Bill Jr.? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have three sisters, uh, Nikki, Georgette, and Alexa.
4: Wow. And you're the baby or the oldest? I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest. Wow. You are a Bill Jr., man. You had to take care of those girls. If anything happened to them, your dad would smack you in the head before he'd smack the perpetrator.
2: Man, Dr. Clapper, you sound like my father. You sound like my (laughs) grandfather.
4: (laughs) (laughs) How can I help you? What would you do to yourself, young man?
2: So I was playing hockey and semi-pro football growing up. I uh, I got sciatica down my left leg. Um, I have a herniated disc and two. Uh, I forgot the word that they call it. It's not uh, not herniated, but rupture. Um, okay, bulging disc. Bulging disc, bulging disc. Um, I think it's like L three S one. So. I mean, I've, I've lost some weight um, when I was playing hockey, was like 160, 170 pounds. I got up to like <laughs> 200 when I was playing football, which was really strenuous on my back. So mm-hmm. I lost some weight I'm back down to like 175, 180. Um, I just noticed that, like, so I had a, a steroid injection in my back. No, I hate that. I, I, dude, I, they wanted to do three of them. I, I really was negative about the first one, but I let them do it because they really pushed me at Stony Brook, and I let them do it and that was, that was the worst idea of my life it, right. it made it way worse so now after that i just noticed that it's just it's so much sciatic pain down my from my back through my hip joint down my, into my left knee with that being said i've noticed that yoga meditation i know it sounds a little crazy but my, when i'm tense now all of my tension all my stress i feel it in my hips mm-hmm. i mean in my hips i don't know if that makes sense to you if, it, if all it, right here's
4: it, my best advice for you william number one don't ever let them give you another shot of cortisone anywhere in your body number two never again there's a book i wrote with lindy ewey called heal your hips you Mm -hmm. we give the money to homeless get a copy even though it's about hips it will help you because it's all about how to exercise by walking in a pool if you take up swimming and in the coronavirus times it's hard to get to a pool but she her place is open you can get to her place in culver city but it's the greatest way, the buoyancy of the water, the resistance on the muscle, the fact that the water's touching your skin speaks to the brain through something called proprioception. If you take bring water into your life as an exercise, it will help you really put this off. Now, if God forbid you end up with a foot drop or you can't pee, or, and this is really still debilitating, I'm gonna give you a couple of names of some good spine people, not to have surgery, But just to meet with them to seek i trust these guys they'll be conservative i spine surgery is the last thing i want you or anybody else to have but i also don't need you to be tortured you're going to basically adopt the water program that's going to be your holistic approach but getting an opinion one of the guys names is terrence kim kim you can remember that he's at cedars all right terrence kim is fantastic and the other guy's name is robert pashman p-a-p-a-s-h MAN. Those are two really strong spine people, and I trust their judgment. They're not going to be quick with a knife. Probably the best spine surgeon in the city, his name is Pat Johnson. He's a neurosurgeon, also at Cedars. Pat Johnson. If, God forbid, this persists, those guys are the people I need you to see for their opinion. You're going to need an updated MRI. You get that MRI, I am more than happy for you to call in, and I will explain it with some Clapper vision so you'll understand exactly what's going on with your spine. But right now, you need to get better. And getting better is holistic, and it's getting in the pool. Okay?
2: Yes, sir, Dr. Clapper. Thank you so much.
4: All right, William. And just like you heard me say before, you're a total stranger to me, but I just help you. You now find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's all you'll be thanking me. And thanks so much for checking in with me.
2: Say no more. Yo, chocolate babka, though. Chocolate babka, don't forget. Chocolate babka.
4: You got to go to Nordoff and Reseda in a shopping center. It's called the Delicious Bakery. They're Russian. They know how to make a chocolate babka. And even when it gets stale, William, you dip it in coffee, it tastes even better. I'm on my way. <laughs> you have God bless a great you. Day. Bless All right, you. you too, young man. All right, Warriors. Where are we at? We got to take a break. I got to come back and tell some stories. Stories in anticipation of 815 talking to Steve Richmond from Milwaukee Tools game changers in art in sports and in surgery coming up next on the Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN